Hello everybody, Matt Hardman coming to you from the mobile studio with yet another episode of the Race Nerd Podcast here on the plethora of programming that is CKCC Radio. Thank you for tuning in. How are you all doing after a fine, wild Martinsville weekend? Uh, hopefully you are enjoying your, uh, your holiday, your, uh, your Halloween and boy, do we have a spooky, scary episode for you involving uh, punches, punts, and literal balls-to-the-wall, never-lifting action at the paperclip known as Martinsville Speedway. Uh, we'll talk about all that. We'll talk about uh, some of the interesting twists and turns that happened this weekend. You know, between the Cup Series race and the Xfinity Series race, and so much more. Oh boy, where there are some interesting moments this weekend. Um, we all we'll also talk about uh, Tony Stewart's comments um, that I just saw this morning, <coughs> involving his first excursion into NHRA competition as a driver, along with much, much, much more. Um, so sit back, make sure those belts are on tight as you're riding with me, and we talk some racing. Alright, before we get any further, got a pop quiz nose for you. And this pop quiz nose actually is very interesting. Um, we all know my neck of the woods is northern New England, um, Maine to be exact. Which Maine driver? Um, actually, let me rephrase this question. We're going to restart this question over. Alright, everybody knows my neck of the woods is northern New England, Maine to be exact. And um, probably the most famous top driver to come from the state of Maine is Ricky Craven. Ricky Craven won his first race at Martinsville. Who was the driver who finished runner-up to Ricky Craven and his first cup series win? Everybody remembers his second win, but who remembers who finished runner-up in his first win? Alright, answer at the end of the show. Alright, so... Boy, do we have talk of Martinsville. So, last week, um, at, um, the hell were they? Homestead, we saw the truck series clinch their final four. This past weekend at Martinsville, we would see the Cup and Xfinity series, uh, whittle down their final four. Um, on Saturday, we would have the Dead on Tools uh, 200 or 300, I forget what it was, um, lap race at Martinsville, and um, that certainly didn't disappoint, and the Cup Series didn't disappoint, but what started off the action just a few days prior was the Modify race. Now, the Modifies, which are traditionally, like, seem to be a Northeast type thing. Um, the Modifieds would run at uh, 
Martinsville, where, you know, they've got a long-standing history there. Um, and one driver who, who dipped down into the Modifieds finally picks up his first um, Martinsville grandfather clock, and that was Corey LaJoy. Now, Corey, who um, just announced that he will be back in the... Um, seven car for Spire Motorsports next season. Um, caps it off, picks up his first uh, win at the short track, you know, following in the steps of competing like his father, Randy LaJoy, the two-time former Bush Series champion, and his grandfather, Bob LaJoy, a Northeast racing legend. Uh, Corey adds on to this. This is Corey's first win in the Modifieds, I believe, and uh, his first win since competing in the um, K&N East Series back in the day and, um, with his family-owned effort. So, so really happy for Corey. Uh, I know that this win means a lot to the LaJoy family, um, to Corey himself, and, uh, you know, this kind of, you know, he has made a lot of strides this year on the cup side. Um, came close to his first win uh, early in this early in the cup season. Sorry, I had to smack my dashboard. There's a little bit of rattle in my dashboard, so I apologize for that. Um, and on the cup side, you know, almost had that win at Atlanta. Um, spun out late in the race, but I think he would have picked up his first win there but picks up a grandfather clock at Martinsville. Certainly not too shabby a prize. It's certainly one of those, uh, probably one of the most popular and um, well-chased trophies in NASCAR. Um, so, you know, you have that. Um, that was Thursday night, I believe, or Thursday afternoon. We move to Saturday with the Xfinity race, where the field of the Elite Eight would be whittled down to the Final Four, the Championship Four. Already advancing into the championships would be uh, Josh Berry and Noah Gregson, who won their way in uh, in the round of eight. Uh, won their way in with uh, Gregson winning at Homestead and uh, Josh Berry winning at Las Vegas. Uh, in this race, um, going in, we would we would see a, a host of different uh, drivers up front. You'd have the uh, a lot of beating and banging in this one. Um, AJ Allmendinger, uh, the um, the regular season champ, would be beating and banging with Justin Allgaier battling for a playoff spot. Uh, we would see um, many, many drivers, and we'll get to this. And it was a, a big wreck part of the way through the race. Um, I'll be honest, I've only seen highlights of this weekend's races, so I can't fully comment on everything um, because it was trick-or-treat weekend, um, a lot of trunk-or-treats, and, and I'll talk about that in a second uh, once, I, once I finish talking about Martinsville. Um, but... Uh, you know, we, um, I, I get back just in time for this, uh, so, 
there was a lot of beating and banging, there was this late race, and by the time I got back from doing all my Halloween activities and taking people to work and whatnot, I, I get back and um, the top four in the field with just a few, with a handful of laps to go were, there were three Toyotas. There was Ty Gibbs and um, Brandon Jones who were chasing a playoff spot, Noah Gregson and Sammy Smith. Uh, Sammy, who is competing um, part-time in uh, the JGR uh, 18 car, uh, you know, he, he was up there, really strong run coming from the ARCA series, and after doing a handful of truck series races, uh, he was making a, a, um, a, I don't want to say a rare start in the Xfinity series, but he was... Um, getting some seat time in the Xfinity Series, found himself in the top four. Uh, he would spin um, while battling for the lead with a handful of laps to go, which would set the field up. Uh, Brandon Jones, who needed the win to get into the playoffs, um, Ty Gibbs, who had already clinched away into the playoffs via points, and um, Noah Gregson, who had already been in, uh, they would go to the final final uh, flag, the final caution flag of the race, one, two, three. On the ensuing green flag for the overtime, Ty Gibbs would, you think he would help his teammate uh, get into the playoffs so they would have two JGR cars? Or would he make a dash for the win uh, he made a dash for the win, um, putting the bumper to uh, teammate um, Brandon Jones and sending Jones into the wall. Ty Gibbs picks up his sixth win of the season, and a chorus of boos comes down on this, uh, taking out his teammate uh, for the win. The chorus of boos at Martinsville. Um, Brandon Jones, uh, while I, I'm going to preface this, I might as well say it now, I am not a Brandon Jones fan, um, never really have been. I, I felt like uh, this is a young man who um, kind of got his ride because of um, his father's connections with sponsors. Uh, his father is uh, one of the high-end high for one of the companies, uh, one of the high mucky mucks for I believe it was Reem or um, something and they have obviously an affiliation with Menards which is kind of how he got in um, to this deal with JGR and um, sponsorship from Menards and all the companies that they carry on their car so anyway um, long story short Brandon Jones who as I said I was not a fan of um, was very classy after the race. Um, did not go and confront Ty Gibbs, um, but did say that it's Ty Gibbs racing and said, well, I, I mean, Joe Gibbs racing, and um, kind of backtracked on the fact that, um, you know, he, he's happy that he will be moving on at the end of the season and uh, that he will be jo joining Junior Motorsports, obviously. Um, Jones will be moving to the 
the nine car that's currently held by championship contender Noah Gregson, the same car that's already won eight races this year, and he will um, be taking that spot. And uh, his future teammates all came um, came by and showed support for Jones uh, while Ty Gibbs was basking in the booze. And um, this. Uh, Wow, I mean, there was just a lot to do with this. Um, at one point, Justin, not Justin Ollinger, Noah Gregson, who uh, Jones is taking his seat next year, uh, said that Jones should go over and kick his ass. Um, there was a lot of support by the nine team. Um, a lot of fans, um, you know, in support of Brandon Jones. Brandon Jones actually did it very classy. I mean, obviously he was frustrated with not just being taken out of the race and wrecked, but this would have actually been a, um, a uh, you know, helped get, this would have got him into the championship four, along with Jones, uh, along with uh, Ty Gibbs, but instead Gibbs, you know, wrecks him. <coughs> and uh, in the post-race, Ty claimed that he wasn't trying to wreck him, which is bullshit, and um, muttered something about Jesus in this, and I'm thinking to myself, you really are trying to piss off the NASCAR nation with just some of the ignorant stuff you say. This isn't the first time Ty Gibbs has said something ignorant, um, and been called out by fans and media. Uh, go back to last year, uh, or two years ago when Ty Gibbs won his first Xfinity race at the road course at Daytona and said, well, this is the first real race at Daytona, you know, and Dale um, Jarrett, of all people, you know, you know, kind of called out Ty Gibbs because Dale Jarrett is the one that uh, gave his grandfather Joe Gibbs and Joe Gibbs Racing their first win out of all places the Daytona 500. So he kind of called him out um, on that. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, have really rallied around Brandon Jones. Um, uh, listening to uh, Sirius XM, uh, there is already, the fans have already started a GoFundMe for Brandon Jones if he takes out Ty Gibbs in the race. Uh, next weekend at Phoenix. I'm sure it's going to be a very hefty fine if Jones just kind of gets in and spins him and causes um, Gibbs to lose the title. Very, very hefty fine. Uh, but I think at that point uh, Jones won't care because he's already moving on from uh, Joe Gibbs racing. And uh, like I said, the fans are willing to chip in to pay this fine. Uh, that's, that's how bad fans do not like Ty Gibbs, uh, and to be honest, neither do I. Kid's got a hell of a talent, a boatload of talent, and last week we talked about how he would, how he's probably going to end up in the 18 car for, um, his grandfather's Cup Series team, and, uh, I, I can't say that, um, that this kind of hatred and this kind of vilification of Ty Gibbs 
is much worse than uh, what we see out of, you know, towards Kyle Busch. To be honest, I think this is actually, you know, even more vile than what we see towards um, Kyle Busch. I, I think that at this point, Ty Gibbs may be the most hated person in the garage. And, and I'm sure there's probably drivers in that Xfinity garage who will kind of uh, slip Brandon Jones a couple of bucks or um, on the um, on the GoFundMe um, if any uh, hijinks do ensue at Phoenix involving the two Joe Gibbs drivers. Um, but it's interesting that um, Gibbs is uh, eliminates Jones by this wreck and um, which causes now Justin uh, Allgaier to move into that fourth and final playoff spot. Uh, Jones, along with uh, AJ Allmendinger, the season's the regular season champion, have both been eliminated. Along with, um, I'm trying to think who else, to be honest, but um, it's really this season really has been the. Um, the Ty Gibbs and Noah Gregson show, but um, realistically, I think this is Noah Gregson's championship to lose, especially going into um, him running the, uh, the Cup Series next year. Um, I, I really think that he's come along at the right time of the season, and this is certainly, um, you know, where you want to be. Um, but yeah, that wasn't that wasn't the end of all the insanity that we would see this weekend. Um, st next up would be the Cup Series race, which we would see another eight drivers trying to get in for four spots on the Cup Series side. Now, with this, you would we only have two drivers that would um, lock themselves that were already locked in. Um, and one driver that was already locked in via win, uh, Chase Elliott, realistically, all he had to do was finish above mid-pack to lock himself in. Um, and the other two spots would be between Denny Hamlin, uh, Ross Chastain, Chase Briscoe, Ryan Blaney, and Christopher Bell. Now, oh boy, did we have, I mean, this race saw a little bit of everything. Um, within a f 30 laps to go, pit strategy put um, Chase Briscoe in the lead. Now, Briscoe obviously needing a Hail Mary to advance to the round of the final round. Uh, obviously, he's kind of used up a lot of his mulligans and Hail Marys getting into the round of eight, uh, but this certainly was a round where um, where he would really need a win to get in, and um, with 30 laps to go, it was looking like he might be able to pull it off after a late race pitch strategy, put him in the lead uh, with no tires. Uh, he was running on um, older tires uh, compared to drivers like Christopher Bell and whatnot. Who were running? Um, who were running um, 
on four on four tires. In the end, the strategy unfortunately did not pay off for Briscoe as he was bypassed by Christopher Bell. Along with others, he would fall to 10th, uh, which would eliminate him from the playoffs. But it was Christopher Bell who picks up the win in the move of the race. And this is what's got the NASCAR community talking. Uh, this is probably more than what we will really hear going, you know, going into the chase weekend is Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain, who um, picked up multiple wins this season, um, put Trackhouse, put first put Trackhouse in the winner circle um, earlier in the year. Um, already picked up two wins, and he would do a last lap. Turn three bonsai move, a video game move, uh, riding the wall at full speed, coming around, going from 10th to 5th in the final turn, uh, just edging out Denny Hamlin and advancing to um, the final four, joining Christopher Bell, Joey Logano, and um, Chase Elliott denying Denny Hamlin a spot in the final four. Uh, Ryan Blaney, along with Briscoe and um, William Byron would not be advancing to the championship race. Um, looking for that piece of silver hardware. Now, with um, Chastain doing this, Chastain, like I said, passed five cars, and in a move that has never been seen to run successfully for, uh, this is one of those moves that, um, you know, you can't really, it doesn't do it justice me explaining it, so, you know, you could go on to Google, you could go on Peacock, see the highlights, go on Instagram, any kind of social media, any kind of uh, venue. This was a total video game move. He actually had set the fastest lap in a stock car with that lap by riding the wall, keeping speed, um, and um, making those multiple passes. He was two seconds faster than the fastest recorded speed in a cup car at that track. Two seconds two seconds faster. Um, only um, the fastest lap in a modified uh, was, was, um, was faster. Um, that is the official track record, but Chastain's uh, bonsai move, his never lift, um, was up there. And this is one of those moments, you know, people talk the pass in the grass, uh, involving Dale Earnhardt and Bill Elliott in the 1987 Winston. Um, most notably, the um, Norm Benning uh, and his uh, riding the wall, being pushed into the wall, riding the wall um, in the last chance qualifier in the very first Eldora um, race, race weekend. 
or weekday, I should say. Um, that was that was a moment that pretty much cemented uh, Norm Benning uh, in Truck Series history. Uh, that riding the wall, not lifting, and not giving up that final transfer spot um, to the very first Eldora race. Um, but this this was certainly one of those moves. It was a video game move, and nobody had ever seen anything like this. Other drivers have attempted something like that. Um, Kyle Larson um, at Darlington a few years back attempted something like that. Um, but a lot of a lot of people either had loved this move or um, thought it was illegal. NASCAR said it was perfectly legal because um, there was no part of the track that was out of bounds. Obviously, riding the wall is certainly going to, you know, usually scrubs off some kind of damn, some kind of speed. Um, at a flat track like this, it really doesn't scrub off the speed. Um, it's not something you could do at like a Talladega or a um, or a Las Vegas just with the banking. Um, so I mean, it was certainly in bounds. It was certainly a very balls to the wall, gutsy move. Go for broke. I mean, at that point, you have nothing to lose. Um, he didn't wreck anybody. He didn't do anything. Uh, but a lot of drivers felt that it puts the sport in a bad light. It was this, it was that. I think they're all pissed because they didn't think of it or or thought of it, but knew they couldn't pull it off. This was. A, a certainly a ballsy move and if anything this season Ross Chastain uh, certainly doesn't give a damn about conventional wisdom um, you know I know he's roughed a couple of drivers up uh, throughout the season you know he's been well you know he, he's been well aware that there's payback coming you know he's you know took this team that uh, you know not a lot of people gave a lot of credence for you know, being, you know, winning races and being in the playoffs to begin with, but to let alone be in that final four, um, he's he's kind of bucked that trend. Uh, he's, you know, this is, I mean, this is a man with really nothing to lose, and this is a guy who, um, you know, he he's had to fight to get where he is. I mean, I mean, just a few years back, he found himself running for Chip Ganassi in a part-time deal in the Xfinity series, found himself in his second effort out, uh, leading at Darlington before uh, raising the ire of Kevin Harvick and them both wrecking each other out. Um, you know, both of them weren't afraid to uh, to mix it up with each other. You know, eventually winning and obviously winning in the truck series. Uh, you know, Ross Chastain certainly is a guy who, you know, who's come a long way in his career, you know, from running uh, for teams like um, SS Greenlight Racing in the trucks and Rick Ware and, you know, whoever else he ran for. Uh, he certainly paid his dues, obviously. He got hired by Chip Ganassi uh, to run the 42 car after um, in the 2021 season. So, I mean, this is certainly a guy who really, you know, he, he's lit a fire into the sport in a good way. It attracted a lot of new fans and whatnot. So, uh, this is great. And, you know, in this year, I mean, we have, 
uh, two former champions in the playoff in the final four, and Joey Logano and Chase Elliott. You also have Christopher Bell, another guy who, um, well, there was a, the the specter of being the weakest of the JGR. Uh, teams and drivers uh, going into this season. There was a lot of question that he might be on the hot seat with had um, Kyle Busch re-signed, you know, and with um, Ty Gibbs nipping at his heels um, wanting a, uh, a Cup Series spot. So, I mean, for him to, you know, pull off, you know, this is his second win in the playoffs. I believe this is his fourth win overall. I don't have that stat in front of me. But uh, it, it's impressive nonetheless. So, I mean, just what we're seeing is kind of, well, we're, we're definitely seeing not necessarily the old guard um, dominating the series and dominating the playoffs. No Denny Hamlin, no Mark Truex Jr., no Kevin Harvick, no Kyle Busch. I mean, Outside of Hamlin, all three have kind of been... The, uh, the rest of those three that I mentioned have just kind of been... I don't want to say non-factors all season. Um, because Martin Truex Jr., uh, no wins on the season. Kyle Busch was kind of gifted a win at the uh, the dirt race at, um, at Bristol in the spring. When um, Chase Briscoe's slide job got went awry and took out him and Tyler Reddick. Um, then there was uh, well, Kevin Harvick winning two races, Richmond and uh, Michigan, late in the season. You know, his first two wins in, you know, almost two seasons. So, I mean, all three of those guys have been non-factors, and those are the, the true veterans of the sport. Uh, so we're definitely seeing a changing of the guard here. Um, but I'm really happy to say that, um, you know, we've got we've got the making of a really good weekend uh, at Phoenix this coming weekend uh, with the playoffs. And there's a lot of stories going in. Will Ty Gibbs, you know, with that much animosity in the garage, will he be able to win the Xfinity Championship? Or will it be another title for Junior Motorsports? Will uh, Chase Elliott or Joey Logano um, find themselves a two-time champion? Or will we have um, Christopher Bell, who has just been um, coming through in those late rounds, not being counted out, pulling a Rocky-type move? Or will Ross Chastain really... Um, really pull off some incredible move and come home with the championship, the first for Trackhouse Racing, a, a team that didn't exist two or three years ago. Uh, so all those stories are going to come together at Phoenix, and then there's the, all, all the stories involving the trucks, uh, which we talked about in last week's show. So I mean, with all that said, there is a lot going on in Phoenix. And there, there's a, there's a lot more stories. Um, just a couple of other things from Martinsville weekend. Uh, Tyler Reddick, 
um, parked his car in the cup race after complaining of headaches and all. And this was after a wreck the previous week at Homestead. Uh, he was complaining of headaches. Uh, Richard Childress tried getting another driver into the car uh, before they decided to park it. Um, and um, so, you know, will Tyler Reddick race at Phoenix this year? Will he finish, will, or will um, this be his uh, final run for um, Richard Childress Racing? Because we all know he's moving over to replace uh, Kurt Busch in the 45 car next year. Um, will Austin Hill race next weekend? Uh, Hill was involved in a scuffle on pit road where he um, got into a fist fight and drew first blood on Myatt Snyder um, after, the two of, after the two of them were doing some jaw jacking um, Hill who is the, who is crowned this year's uh, Xfinity Series Rookie of the Year um, will he be forced to set out a race or will there be a really big fine and some points involved in this or will NASCAR just say it was one of those things? Which I don't think they will do, especially coming off of Bubba Wallace's uh, one race suspension. So there's all that. There is, um, you know, Jeff Burton and Raj Carruth getting into it. Uh, Raj Carruth, who is a highly touted uh, prospect and was running the 45 car for Alpha Prime Racing. Uh, him and Jeff Burton had some words after the race, um, you know, and it was just announced that Jeff Burton will not be returning to uh, the 27 car from R Motorsports next year. Um, so his options, his future, I should say, is, is up in the air. You know, can he go back to the trucks? Or will he be in Xfinity next year? Nobody knows. Uh, so all that stuff. Uh, then we have, um, you know, so much more involved. Still, uh, Tony Stewart, who um, has kind of shied away from NASCAR outside of some certain appearances with his team. Shied, shied away from NASCAR following the penalties of um, Cole Custer and um, Kevin Harvick and um, how they were handed down by NASCAR and how he felt unfairly. Obviously, it was found by the, the appeal board, uh, denied uh, Custer and SHR's uh, appeal uh, to the penalties that came forth at the Roval, uh, so it's still the 100 points and um, indefinite suspension for um, Custer's crew chief. Thomas Uman, he, Custer may have his crew chief back by Daytona next year, um, depending on how long uh, NASCAR wants to sit him out. Usually these indefinite suspensions will probably end either at the end of the season or um, on New Year's Eve, as the way most of them do go. Uh, so, you know, I expect him back next year, but... And we can't really guarantee that. Um, 
in other news, to, like I was saying about Tony Stewart, <coughs> um, before I got off on the SHR penalties, uh, Tony Stewart competed in his first NHRA event over the weekend, uh, and, and there's been rumors that this is something Tony may want to do more of. Um, so about it, it's more fun, more uh, enjoyable than you know his passions, the um, the World of Outlaws dirt cars or the S the SRX series, which he helped co-found with Ray Evernham and uh, some of the heads of CBS Sports. So. Um, want to really see what's going on with that. Is that going to be something he is going to uh, pursue? He said that's something he can see himself doing the next 20 years. And Tony's no spring chicken, so I don't know if I buy into all that. Um, but hey, um, you know, John Force is still going at it, and he's John Force has got to be around 70, 71 now. You know, he's he's up he's up there in years and he's still doing it at a pretty a pretty decent pace uh, and speaking of John force uh, his daughter Brittany force uh, won the top fuel event uh, at Phoenix this year um, this, the uh, the top fuel Nitro division and Courtney Enders wins her fifth um, pro-stock title. Um, Courtney, who um, her and her twin sister, her twin sister, um, uh, Erica and her, sorry, Erica and her sister Courtney were the subject of the Disney movie On the Right Track featuring uh, Beverly Mitchell and Brie Larson. So, I mean, yeah, that, that shows how old this is, you know. This was made in late 90s, early 2000s, about the the twin sisters from Texas who uh, started in, basically, um, mini dragsters uh, as kids, eventually worked their way up. Um, Erica has found success. Courtney, I, I don't know if Courtney still dabbles in it or if she's just kind of there along with her sister, but... Uh, this is pretty cool, um, and I believe it was Courtney who actually, for Halloween, is um, posted a picture on social media. She is going for Halloween as um, one of her inspirations in drag racing, uh, Cha-Cha, Shirley Muldowney, uh, the, probably the most famous female in drag racing history multi-race multi winner and she certainly broke down uh, the door for females in the NHRA so um, that was that was pretty cool I, it popped into my head we'll talk about Eric Edgers it's probably why uh, Courtney's name kept coming up more and more than Erica's but uh, that was that was uh, the NHRA that was NASCAR and um We've got a full, full schedule to talk about um, post-Phoenix. Um, we'll, next week, we'll wrap up the winners. Uh, we'll wrap up this year's champions. And then 
we will kind of kind of dive into a couple little things um, in in upcoming episodes. Uh, I will be grading all you know uh, all the all the big teams in the Cup Series, uh, who I felt were overachievers, who I felt really underachieved, and who I felt were right on the mark um, in uh, the Cup Series. You know, then we'll we'll dive into a couple. Of, maybe have uh, an AMA um, involving racing and so much more. So uh, keep tuning in because just because the postseason is going to have a break, um, you know, from racing action, we're going to um, I'm going to continue on uh, for some more episodes. Then maybe I'll take a little bit of a hiatus. I haven't figured it out yet. Um, Got to sit and talk with um, Chris O'Mealy and Dan Peck over at CKCC Radio and see what we could do during the off season. Maybe do some fun stuff. Um, but yeah, we're gonna. This weekend's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, I hope you're gonna tune in. I know I will. Uh, but until next time. I'm Matt Hardman. Oh, oh, before I really forget, um, I did say that I would talk about um, uh, Trunk or Treat. And I do want to bring this up because this is probably the craziest thing. Um, I did a Trunk or Treat at my local track, uh, Wiscasset Speedway. Now, Wiscasset is uh, Maine's fastest and biggest track. Um, that's still in operation. Probably its most famous track that's still in operation right now uh, with the closing of Beach Ridge Speedway. Um, and as I went to a trunk or treat at the Speedway, um, I noticed something that no other track has, or at least none that I'm aware of. On the plot of land, but right behind turn one, heading towards the, uh, the pit stalls, on a hill, the track has its own cemetery. So it, at first I thought it was something to kind of, you know, lighten the trunk or treat mood. Then I realized that this track has its own legitimate cemetery. Um, a couple of headstones, I'll, I'll, I'll have to post a picture of it because this is insane. I've never heard of another track like this. I know tracks have various oddball things. Uh, that make them unique, but I've never noticed this in all the years that I've been going to West Cassett Speedway, which is almost 20 years now. I've never noticed this. Um, so, anyway, uh, like I said, until next time, <coughs> we I'll see you at the track. Hopefully not in the graveyard. Uh, I'm Matt Hardman, and I'll talk to you later.